Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Craft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another week, another Monday evening, where we will continue our treatment of the first letter to the Church of Corinth, Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. And I'm excited this evening because long overdue, I have Debbie back in studio with me. So Debbie, great to have you with me another evening. It's wonderful to be here. So Debbie, we are in our fourth week in our treatment of Paul's first letter to the Church of Corinth. And this past weekend, I could not help but notice that God was showing off again. Last week, we wrapped up our study on the first letter to the Corinthians at chapter 2, verse 5, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 5. And wouldn't you know that the second reading for the sixth Sunday in Ordinary Time is 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 6 to 10. So I thought to myself, well, here we are. It's as if I had planned it, but as we know, I didn't. And so we today will reflect into 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We're going to go from verses 6 to 16, okay? Verses 6 to 16. That being said, Debbie, before we jump into our principal subject matter for this evening, I'm not usually a ticker tape for news, but I do think it's important that we tune in our listening audience's attention to something that's going on uh, that's pretty important locally. If you've been paying attention to the national news, Mm -hmm. and I don't know if it's in the international news, it very well may be because... Oroville is a neighboring town, and they have the tallest dam. I did not know this. The I tallest dam in the, in the country. country. Yeah, it's 770 feet tall. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Well, it's spilling over, mm-hmm. and some of the spillway underneath is actually eroding, so there's um, some significant evacuations going on right now. So um, for those of you listening, not only locally but nationally and abroad, please keep Butte County, uh, Sutter so, County. Yuba in Yuba County in your prayers because thousands of people are being affected right now. So please do keep them in your prayers. And if you are local, see what you can do. Yes. Uh, Make yourself available and see what you can do. So really that's priority for us this evening. We're going to be talking about Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, but why do we do this, Debbie? We do this so that our relationship with Jesus Christ by the grace of God might be enriched. And as we'll talk about this evening, our personal relationship with the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. might be enriched so that we do what? But love, but serve, be present to those who are most in need. So we carry on here in this radio station, in this studio, but we do so really for one reason and one reason alone, that we might go deeper in our faith, that we might be more equipped to love and serve, right? right? This is, this is what it's about. So all of that being said, Debbie, if you can uh, read for us 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 6 to 16. Yet we do speak a wisdom to those who are mature, but not a wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are passing away. Rather, we speak God's wisdom, mysterious, hidden, which God predetermined before the ages for our glory and which none of the rulers of this age knew. For if they had known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, 
what eye has not seen and ear has not heard, and what has not entered the human heart, what God has prepared for those who love him. This God has revealed to us through the Holy Spirit. For the Spirit scrutinizes everything, even the depths of God. Among human beings, who knows what pertains to a person except the spirit of the person that is within? Similarly, no one knows what pertains to God except the spirit of God. We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit that is from God, so that we may understand the things freely given us by God. And we speak about them not with words taught by human wisdom, but with words taught by the Spirit, describing spiritual realities in spiritual terms. Now the natural person does not accept what pertains to the Spirit of God, for to him it is foolishness, and he cannot understand it because it is judged spiritually. The spiritual person, however, can judge everything, but is not subject to judgment by anyone. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to counsel him? But we have the mind of Christ. Amen. It's really interesting, Debbie. When I first read this text, I could not get past that word mature. I just stayed with that one verse. And I thought to myself, how do I think about maturity? What is it that stands out to me as it relates to maturity? And I was made to reflect upon my time growing up as number nine of 11 kids and how I looked up to certain brothers and sisters because of what they did. My focus was on more or less how they handled themselves, how they had a sense of direction. But then as I was thinking about it more, I reread the text and I got to the last verse. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him but we have the mind of Christ. Is that not what the word mature means? To have the mind of Christ. And I think when you read these verses from 6 to 16, they bookend nicely. Mm -hmm. You know, the last verse kind of brings verse 6 home. Mm -hmm. Because in the end, to be mature is about having the mind of Christ. And it would be important to make the distinction as it relates to wisdom. Uh, the distinction between practical wisdom and the gift of wisdom. Yeah. Because growing up, when I was thinking about wisdom, when I was you know, looking up to my elder siblings thinking about wisdom, it, a lot of that had to do with practical wisdom. Mm -hmm. They were making good decisions, some of them, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and some of them had direction in their life, so on and so forth. I was never tying as a six, seven, eight, or nine-year-old the gift of wisdom with what I was saying. I had no idea what that was. But in reality... When Paul talks about wisdom, and we've already touched upon it to some degree, he's clearly talking about the gift of wisdom. Right. It's interesting. I'm going back to Philosophy 101, um, <laughs> back in my Steubenville days, and I remember my first class and the focus on wisdom. I remember uh, the philosophy professor talking about Pythagoras. Many of us know Pythagoras as the great mathematician, but he was first a philosopher. Mm. He, in point of fact was the one to coin the term philosophy. Interesting. Now, why did he do that? Because, well, he was a man of faith. We have to remember Pythagoras was a great man of faith, a great Catholic. He understood that wisdom belonged to God alone. Mm -hmm. And philosophy means what? 
love of wisdom or lover of wisdom. Pythagoras never wanted to be called a wise man. He wanted to be called a lover of wisdom. Now, what's the distinction between being called a wise man and a lover of wisdom? Well, when you are a lover of wisdom, you are in the pursuit of wisdom, right? And the pursuit of wisdom realizes that the more you come to understand, the more you realize there's more to understand. That's the great Thomas Aquinas definition, really, of of pursuing truth. The more you come to know, the more you realize how little you know. How little you know. (laughs) And Pythagoras understood that the end game is wisdom. Mm-hmm. This is why philosophy, of course, is a discipline that reveals just not the sciences, but also how the sciences reflect the love of God. Mm. If you were to go into the Old Testament, uh, one of the definitions of wisdom, and I find this fascinating too, Debbie, is God as a craftsman, God yes. creating. Molding. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. And so the sciences reflect God who is creator. And so this is important for us to appreciate because it's so easy then to, I think, Debbie, move away from wisdom into knowledge. Mm. We aspire to knowledge before wisdom. Yeah. There's the great proverb of the man who's been given the choice. Do you want knowledge and everything that knowledge encompasses, essentially knowing everything, or wisdom where you know a few things, you know them well? Well, he chose knowledge thinking, well, that was the better fit, right? But what he didn't realize is what makes wisdom in of itself distinct from knowledge. If knowledge is the accumulation of understanding things, wisdom is about ordering those things, Mm -hmm. having a deeper appreciation of ordering those things. And so it's not about knowledge as much as it's about wisdom. Now, certainly knowledge is a gift of the Holy Spirit and knowledge is important. And We accumulate knowledge. We talk about things here on the radio so that we might, what did I say earlier, go deeper in our faith so that we might be able to, what did verse 16 say? Instruct others in their faith. But without wisdom, what is knowledge? Mm -hmm. What do you really have if you don't have wisdom? You don't have what is necessary to order that knowledge. Right. And I think if any of you have um, social media, I think you probably see this every day. I know a lot of really smart people yes. who aren't very wise, yeah. <laughs> and they don't discern well. The fact that they're posting what they're posting proves uh-huh. that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, lots of yeah. knowledge, yeah. lots of knowledge, but lacking discernment and wisdom in what to post, how to post, when to post, mm-hmm. how much to post. That's a, just a really, you know, simple um, example of current today. I just yes. go, wow, you're a really smart guy. You're a really smart girl. You don't look very smart right now. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, you can throw knowledge around, but that last line you said wasn't wasn't very godly. No, it wasn't very godly. And what we have to ask ourselves is... What's the object? There? Yeah, yeah. What are we doing? Mm-hmm. I was on my way over here and I got a phone call. And so it's just on my mind right now, Debbie. Mm-hmm. And hopefully I'm supposed to talk about this. But the question was, and I've gotten the question before, but Joe, distill for me the word evangelization. Give me two words. Mm-hmm. And it didn't take me very long, Debbie. Mm-hmm. Encounter and invitation. Mm-hmm. We could say, come and see. And so you have this encounter with Jesus Christ, this personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And then you come to understand what you should or shouldn't do. Mm -hmm. All of this knowledge that you've accumulated all your life, 
you now have a new understanding of. Archbishop Fulton Sheen once said that if you've had a true and very real encounter with Christ, your life will never be the same, Mm, and all of the knowledge that you've accumulated up to this point will seem like straw. Absolutely. Will seem like straw. Mm -hmm. Why? Because you have found the fulfillment (laughs) of everything Mm -hmm. in this encounter. Right. In this encounter. So... And no all, one can take it from you either. No, no, absolutely <laughs> not. So all of this knowledge that we've accumulated, Debbie, should be at the service of the invitation and the encounter. Mm-hmm. And wisdom gets that. Right. Wisdom gets that. Again, wisdom comes from the Greek, Sophia, insight, right? Yeah. Insight. So the mature mind mm-hmm. has the mind of Christ. Yeah. The mature mind has the mind of Christ. And some of the wisest people I know speak the least. Amen really. to that. <laughs> I was I was giving a talk yesterday and I just said to the group, Aren't you tired of words? I'm tired of words. <laughs> you know, I don't know if I've ever said that on air before because, you know, we carry on for twenty seven, twenty minutes, but Yeah. Less is more. Yeah. Less is more. Yeah. I'll be in the middle of, of a conversation sometimes and I don't stop the person from talking, but I ask myself, gosh, what is what the point? Doing? Yeah. What is the point of this conversation? Mm-hmm. I do you know, too. Less is more because wisdom says what it needs to say. Yeah. Wisdom doesn't waste words. No. Wisdom makes its point and then moves on. Yeah. Speaking of that. Yeah. I want to talk about yes. wisdom for yes, verses gosh. seven to 15. Yes. A very important verse, because I think, Debbie, there's the tendency today to tie wisdom with the person who is seasoned. And certainly, clearly, through life's experiences, one... Grows in wisdom. Yes, that's right. Absolutely. And, and, And there's much to be said, and sacred scripture talks about that. But sacred scripture also talks about something else. Sacred scripture talks about what we were just talking about in the Old Testament, because I think you have a foretaste of 1 Corinthians 2, verses 6 to 16, and wisdom 4, verses 7 and following. Listen closely. But the righteous man, though he die early, will be at rest. For old age is not honored for length of time, nor measured by number of years. But understanding is gray hair for men, and a blameless life is ripe old age. There was one who pleased God and was loved by him. And while living among sinners, he was taken up. He was caught up lest evil change his understanding or guile deceive his soul. For the fascination of wickedness obscures what is good and roving desire perverts the innocent mind. Being perfected in a short time, he fulfilled long years. That verse, verse 13. Makes me cry every time. Being perfect in a short time. He fulfilled long years, for his soul was pleasing to the Lord. Therefore, he took him quickly from the midst of wickedness. Yet the people saw and did not understand, nor take such a thing to heart. That God's grace and mercy are with his elect, and he watches over his holy ones. So striking. Now, this is... So beautiful. It's just the most poetic, beautiful passage. And what does this speak to, Debbie? But wisdom is not tied to years. Look at the life of the church over the last 2,000 years. Mm-hmm. How many great saints have lived among us at a young age? Oh, gosh. 
I mean, many. the most, yes. So many of us are, are aware of so many popular sayings, but what we don't realize is that they were young. Yes, some grew in wisdom and stature over time and lived a very long life, but there were many young saints. Many. St. Therese, very mm -hmm. young. Very. The very popular St. Therese of Lisieux, France. Of course, St. Maria Goretti, mm -hmm. St. John Bosco. There's so many. Yes. So many. St. Bernadette. Yes. I just. Blessed Chiara, saintly young men and women who understood that, that wisdom is about righteousness. Wisdom is about holiness. Mm -hmm. Wisdom is about internalizing the gospel and understanding that, yeah, less is more. Mm -hmm. To just diligently move from one moment to the next, one encounter to the next in the presence of God. What is holiness? Holiness simply defined. And I get this question asked time and time again, simply defined holiness is walking in the presence of God. Yep. Yep. And so <laughs> to live a holy life is to live in that great virtue of wisdom, understanding that you're just present to each and every moment. Mm. Mindful, I think, Debbie, of those verses that you read for us. Mm. Verses that should get us excited. Oh, yeah. No eye has seen or ear heard what awaits us, what awaits the one who has loved God in all of the minutia of each and every day. That's what it's about. And how loving God in the minutia of everyday life is something that should get us excited in and with faith. Because I don't know about you, Debbie, but when I read those verses, those verses that you read, especially that verse, <laughs> you know, for the one who loves him. Mm. You think about that. I can imagine some pretty amazing things. Maybe it's Niagara Falls. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe it's the Grand Canyon. Mm. Lake Tahoe. Maybe, yeah, maybe <laughs> it's Lake Tahoe. And yet God says that Pale. that's only a, a, yeah, a, a reflection <laughs> uh -huh. of something so much greater. Doesn't that get you excited? Yeah. I mean, that is pretty amazing. Yeah. You study philosophy, you study theology, you study truth, beauty, and goodness, and studying this stuff mm -hmm. really does get you excited. But when you, when you begin to contemplate what Jesus and God is trying to tell us, astounding. Mm. It really is astounding. And uh, Debbie, I want to encourage all of our listeners to just really take these passages, yeah. these verses to heart, internalize <laughs> what Paul wants us to be thinking about here. Mm -hmm. It should stop us just as something of natural beauty stops us. Mm -hmm. One of the other passages that just kind of blew me away was, um, no one knows what pertains to God except the Spirit of God. Mm. And no one can under, so that we may understand things freely given us by him. And we're not taught with words of human wisdom, but with words taught by the Spirit. So it sure seems to me that the Holy Spirit is a pretty key piece here. Mm -hmm. That, you know, I'm back to, the, to a conversation I had with a dear friend of mine recently, and we were talking about, um, you know, that have, have you accepted your, the Lord as your personal Savior? And she said, I am realizing that 
knowing about God isn't the same as knowing God. No. Just saying he's my personal Lord and Savior, those are facts. Mm -hmm. Those are facts. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean you know God. And to know him, this passage says, is impossible without the Holy Mm -hmm. Spirit. A free gift to us. Such an overarching truth as it relates to our faith, Debbie. Mm. You talk about about and knowing. You know, I'm looking at you right yeah. now. You have brown hair, purple shirt, black jacket. I can tell everyone who doesn't see you about you. But am I really encountering you? Just well, facts. The, the, the audience has, I think, gotten to know you, Debbie, over <laughs> time. But no, I mean, you have to encounter. Mm-hmm. It has to be something personal. Personal. Yep. You know, the invitation, the encounter. I use these words because they're personal, mm-hmm. right? They're personal. Yeah. And as we were talking before, Debbie, we say, do you have a personal relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? One can only have a relationship with Jesus Christ if you have received the gift he has given to us to be in relationship with them, right? right. The Holy Spirit. Right. So Absolutely. we can properly say, do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Yes, but also the Holy Spirit. Right. And I never hear that in Michael, but I don't speak to this enough. I don't either. Really. I don't either. But I would love for someone to come to my door and say, do you have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit? I know. And wouldn't that be a fascinating conversation? Let's talk. <laughs> and I tell you what, the first place I would go in that conversation would be 1 Corinthians 2 <laughs> verses 10 to 16. Yeah. The word spirit of God or spiritual I think I counted 10 or 11 times yes. here. Yeah, it was striking. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Why? Because without him, what do we have? Yeah. Well, what do we just say about knowledge and wisdom? Right. We know we don't have wisdom. Right. I'm asked the question, you know, well, does Satan have knowledge? Mm-hmm. Yes, Satan has knowledge. In of point of fact, of course. Satan has a supreme yeah. intellect. Sure he does. Satan's intellect is more supreme than any, any other human being. Mm-hmm. Okay, we can reason that. Mm-hmm. But I think the more important question is, is he wise? <laughs> no. Mm-mm. Because if wisdom starts on bended knee, we know he has no wisdom because he has no knees. Right. And it's really interesting. If you were to go to the temptation narrative... You can only imagine how Satan is, is looking at the Son of God. Mm-hmm. You see, he's fasting. He looks downtrodden. And Satan sees what, what's on the outside, and he swoops in. This is the moment. This is the time. I'm going to get him. But what he doesn't see, what wisdom can't see, or what, what knowledge can't see, rather, is the fact that he's been fasting. Mm. He's been disciplining his interior life. And all the while, he has made himself all the more strong to battle with Satan. Mm -hmm. And so I think we have a lesson to learn here. Oh, yeah. And it's a lesson that not only brings us back to that discussion of knowledge and wisdom, but really a discussion that should always be rooted in a proper understanding of the gift of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. And I think we only need to look as far as the apostles to get a really good example of that, right? Mm. Yes. The apostles yes. were day in, day out, three years with our, our Savior, with our Lord. They knew him, right? They mm-hmm. knew Jesus. Mm-hmm. They still didn't get it. They still were 
I'm not going to deny you, Lord. Where were they at the crucifixion and the passion of our Lord? Nowhere to be found, save John. And then Pentecost comes. Yep. Yeah. And the 360 yeah. occurs. Yeah. So we have that as our example. Folks, we haven't walked and talked and had Jesus with skin on for three years, but we still need that Pentecost. Amen. Each and every day. Oh, man. It, Debbie, I Come mean, Holy yes, Spirit. there's something to be said about having that original Pentecost when we receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Because without those gifts, we cannot do what God asks and calls us mm-hmm. to do. But this is something that we renew each yeah. and every day. It's not a one-day event. No. One-time event. Last week in our uh, special Thursday topic, <clears throat> I was addressing the question, are you saved? Mm-hmm. And we went to Philippians chapter 2, verses 11, 12, and 13, and, and that's a very important passage to the discussion because mm-hmm. Paul says, you are working out your salvation and you do so in fear and, and trembling. trembling. Mm-hmm. So we're working out our salvation yeah. in fear and trembling. In progress. In progress, in fear <laughs> and trembling. Yes, it's, it's a progress. It's you a know, progress. <laughs> someone asks you the question, are you saved? We're working on it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I am working yeah. on that. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on it. And we do so in the spirit of God. Right. Yeah, we don't work on it. We we participate yes. in God yes. working in us. We you know, participate. Amen to that, Debbie. You bring up the 12 apostles and Pentecost and more or less the commissioning. Mm. What does it mean to be commissioned? Cum missio, to be sent with the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. right? We are sent with someone and that someone is the Holy Spirit. The love shared between the Father and the Son this is the extraordinary gift that God gives us. This verse, what no eye has seen, nor, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man conceived, what God has prepared for those who love him. How do we love him? Paul explains in the spirit of God, because the spirit is the love. Right. And the deeper we go into this truth, the more we come to understand that it's not about possessing things, mm-hmm. possessing knowledge. It's about giving it away. The very yes. nature of love, the very logic of love demands us to be present to this truth, Debbie, right. because otherwise what we do and how we do, it ceases to be love mm-hmm. because love is always other centered. Right. Love is always given away. Mm-hmm. If, it, if it is a gift given from God, whatever the gift might be, and of course, in this mm-hmm. case, love, we get more of it the more we give it away. Right. I know what I had planned, mm-hmm. but what are you asking from me? And if the Spirit of God is living within us, we will be willing to do whatever it is yes. that God is asking us to do. Yes. That's wisdom. Yes. I'm looking up at the clock and time uh, has flown well, by. That went we got fast. into about 30% of what I wanted to talk about, <laughs> but that's okay. We have plenty of time to talk about this and much more as we are just beginning our treatment of Paul's first letter to the Corinthians here. And week four is great to have you, Debbie. It's great looking to be forward here, to always. Looking forward to the next time as uh, hopefully it'll be uh, next Monday. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We won't get too far ahead of ourselves. What were we just talking about? All right. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. All glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And God bless you.
Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 5.30 here on KKXX. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.